From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. Good to be back with the WIA National News for week commencing August 25, 2013. And thanks to Brian and to Robert for holding the fort and for Q News in the VK4 area for Alan for handling all of that. Certainly has been an action-packed two or three weeks, hasn't it? As reported, one of the reasons the ACMA gave for not continuing the high-power trial was an observed lack of understanding of operator obligations with regard to electromagnetic magnetic radiation. It behoves us to reverse this, not only because it is the law, but to show that the term amateur describes the licence class, not the ability and professionalism of those who hold it. With it getting mighty crowded now in the spectrum, it is in our best interest to continue to show that the amateur service is of ongoing value to the community, and hence worthy of RF real estate that we are gifted. Alan, VK1WX has kindly put together for the VK1WIA National News listeners the following summary of EMR issues. What is EMR? It is electromagnetic radiation. It is the energy that radiates from any device that generates radio frequency energy. This can range from garage door openers, microwave ovens, amateur radio transmitters, CB radios to broadcast radio or television transmitters. Why do we need to be aware of this radiation? Excessive exposure to radiation can and will cause damage to the tissues of the human body. Changes to amateur licensing. Under the new amateur license conditions and determinations, LCDs, issued in May 2013, it is a requirement that amateurs do a self-assessment to see if their station is compliant with the Australian Government's Australian Radiation Protection and Nuclear Safety Agency, ARPANSA, standards. How do we check if our station is compliant? You do not have to be an engineer who understands the mathematics and physics of the ARPANSA standards to check your compliance. On the wia.org.au website is a calculator developed by VK3UM to give you a guide as to your compliance. The sort of information required is band of operation, power level, type of antenna and the height of the antenna. The operation of the calculator is simple. All that is needed is to select the parameters of your station as shown in the calculator's boxes and the result is automatically calculated. If the station is compliant, there is nothing further to do except keep a record of the assessment carried out. What happens if the station is not compliant? Under the LCD, you have to notify in writing that the station is not compliant and you have 28 days to make the station compliant. However, before contacting ACMA, there are many changes that can be made to bring your station into compliance, all of which are mostly common sense. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Alan, VK1 Whiskey X-Ray. Thanks, Alan. And still with ACMA News on WIA National News, 
Radio clubs are advised a large number of wireless radio microphones currently operated under a class licence using frequencies between the analogue TV broadcast channels will soon become illegal as the analogue TV frequencies are phased out. Now is the time for radio clubs and others to check their equipment because the 694 to 820 MHz band will be withdrawn to provide the so-called digital dividend of spectrum made possible with the end of analogue television. Weekend wireless wrap-up. Always good to get feedback after ham events and with last weekend's biggies, VK3PC has given us a most comprehensive report on the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend where organisers have already expressed thanks to the record number registered for the fun event and many thousands who contacted them. Held last weekend, the annual event saw 526 registrations, more than 50 above the 2012 record or a 10% jump. At Alice Springs, a novelty lighthouse was built for the Dry River Boat Race, the Henley-on-Todd Regatta, and later in this report we'll have more on the activity from this fun location. The Green Cape Lighthouse in the Ben Boyd National Park, south of Eden in New South Wales, saw a two-day celebration to mark its 130th anniversary. Australia's first cast concrete lighthouse tower has been in the ILLW since it began in 1998. And its birthday, it was lit up using a million candela beams that swept the Pacific Ocean. Many others gained very positive news stories throughout the world, as some 150 people that were present on that day, including the Mayor Ken Taylor, the local Member of Parliament and ILLW organiser Kevin Mulcahy, VK2CE, attended. The King Island Curry Lighthouse, operated by Tony Hamling, VK3VTH-7, he worked lighthouses in Europe and elsewhere in some 447 contacts and got great news media. ABC Radio Hobart looked at Tasmanian lighthouses, among them Ray Smith, VK7VKV from Low Head Lighthouse, VK7LH and Andrew Boone, VK7AW at the Iron Pot. Now this year new countries were Algeria, 7 Tango 9 Alpha at Cape Falcon and Serbia, Yankee Uniform slash 1Z1VUC, activating the Tamas River West Lighthouse. Those and others registered for their debuts, and hopefully most will again. On the air, there was a greater awareness and participation. Despite poor weather at some locations, most likened them to the lifestyle of yesteryear lighthouse keepers. Reports from participants are most accepted and uploaded to the website. Photos and comments most welcome to VK2CE at illw.net. Peter Hartfield, VK3PH, would like to remind club officials to update their details on the WIA website immediately. This will ensure the information published in our call book is as up-to-date and accurate as possible. And Peter says, thanks in advance. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Let's just stop off at VK1, 2 and 3 as we whip around. In VK1, Canberra's local D-Star repeater, Victor Kilo 1 Romeo Whiskey November, has suffered a major gateway fault, which is looking like taking a couple of weeks to resolve. Now, this fault only affects the internet gateway. The RF section of the repeater is rock solid, and this means that local communications can still be made via RF using digital modes direct to the repeater. The next course from Amateur Radio New South Wales will be the weekend of the 21st, 22nd of September and bookings by email are a must. Education at arnsw.org.au The course is at 63 Quarry Road, Dural for all licensed grades. The final weekend for the course will be the 16th and 17th of November. 
The regular bi-monthly Trash and Treasure will be conducted by ANRSW at the VK2WIA Dural site Sunday the 29th of September. You can check out the website arnsw.org.au for major items on offer. In VK3, the Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club's annual Comms Day Hamfest will be held Sunday, September 8 at St Augustine's Hall. That's in Orr Street, Shepparton. Doors open at 10am for the public, so make sure you get there. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Toowoomba, it can be heard on VK4 RDD on 14675 MHz at 9am on Sunday morning. I'm Dave, VK4 LED. What use is an F call? If you've ever sat at home wanting to listen to HF, but your radio is out of commission, or worse still, you haven't yet got a radio, or your antenna is a project in progress, I stumbled on a way to have your cake and eat it too. I was hunting for examples of a pile-up, and I'd found in the past radios that had been hooked up to the internet that you could tune and listen to. Today I stumbled across something on a different magnitude altogether. Something called software-defined radio on the web, or web SDR. A group of amateurs at the Technical University of Twente put up the world's first web SDR in 2007. It was conceived in an attempt to connect the 25-metre radio telescope in Dvingalo to the world for radio amateurs doing Earth-Moon-Earth or EME contacts, and it snowballed from there. So now you can go to websdr.org, pick from a list of over 40 receivers around the planet and listen to whatever frequency is within the station's range. The Twenta receiver does 0 to 29 MHz. There are UHF, VHF and GHz receivers to be found. The software runs a Java applet that sits on your web browser, displaying either a waterfall or spectrum scope, and you can see the whole band at the same time. On your normal radio, you're tuned to 7.093 and have a listen. If you hear nothing, you move on the dial and try again. Rinse and repeat until you hear a station calling CQ. With SDR, you can see all frequencies at the same time. The software allows you to switch between modes, so you can decode the signal as AM, lower sideband, upper sideband, FM or CW, whatever you want. You can set the bandwidth and play with the tuning, all while others are doing exactly the same thing on their computer with whatever frequency they're using. Your own radio does one frequency at a time. SDR does them all at the same time, and you can zoom in and out, scan around and find the elusive 10 meter contact. With one look at the display, you can see if 10 meters is active right now, or if it's a dead duck. The website again is websdr.org, Whiskey Echo Bravo Sierra Delta Romeo dot Oscar Romeo Golf WebSDR.org. Check it out. Use it to tune your pile up skills or for the next contact. Or use it to find a station you like. Turn on your own radio and have a QSO. Nothing stopping you from turning on several, all tuned to the same frequency and see what the propagation around the world is like. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo Six, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. With International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. SK Telecom and Rodent Schwartz will develop next-generation antenna technologies 
the Korean telecom giant signed a memorandum of understanding with Roden Schwartz, a Germany-based manufacturer of test and measurement equipment for mobile radios and radio communications. Joint research and development will generate synergies in the development of next-generation network technologies. It is capable of increasing the number of radio channels between a base station and handset by several times to tens of times. In Zambia, Independent Broadcasting Authority Director-General Josephine Mapoma has announced a countrywide inspection of all broadcasting stations. Ms Mapoma has urged all television and radio stations to be expectant of inspectors at any time. She said that when people apply for radio or television licences, they submit program schedules that they are meant to follow once in operation. IBA has learnt there are television and radio stations that have neglected to renew their broadcast licences in Zambia. UK radio amateurs Richard Golf Zero Romeo Papa Hotel, Monica Golf Zero Victor Charlie Sierra and Barry Golf 8 Alpha Golf November are believed to have set a new DX record for daylight communications using red LEDs. Stations use flat light transmitters running AM baseband modulation with A4 size Fresnel lenses. Barry's receiver was a KA70EI version 3 type. Richards used a new circuit developed for daylight use. A4 size Fresnel lenses were used on both receivers. They believe this is a world record for daylight communications using red LEDs as the light source. City supports exemptions for ham radio towers. The Star Phoenix reports that Saskatoon in Canada is proposing to exempt amateur antennas from planning. The proposed exemptions for amateur antennas including excluding antennas under 15 metres tall and limiting the cost, submission and consultation requirements for antennas higher than 15 metres. Ants are back. The BBC reports 1,000 ants are being fitted with tiny radio transmitters to try to understand how they communicate between their vast network of nests. The BBC say the cutting-edge experiment in communication and conservation is being conducted by Samuel Ellis a biologist at the University of York. The three-year project is being conducted at the Peak District National Park's Longshore Estate in Derbyshire. Some five years ago, VK1WI National News first reported the pioneering work using RFID on ants being done at Bristol by Samuel Ellis's supervisor, Dr Elva Robinson, and it may be assumed Samuel is using similar equipment. Elva used an RFID microtransponder with a unique ID that was affixed to the thorax of every worker ant in the colony. Tagging has no observable effects on the behaviour of the ants. GPS jamming brings big proposed fine in New Jersey. A New Jersey man faces a $32,000 fine after regulators say he interfered with a satellite guidance system at one of the nation's busiest airports. This while allegedly attempting to mask his whereabouts from his employer. Amateur Radio Newsline's Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, has the details. The Federal Communications Commission claims that Gary Bojack installed a global positioning system jamming device in his company-owned pickup truck in an apparent attempt to keep his employer from knowing his whereabouts. But what Bojack was not aware of was that the jammer was interfering with a new GPS-assisted navigation system used to aid aircraft approaching and departing Newark Liberty International Airport, New Jersey. Federal agents eventually tracked the jamming signal to Bojack's vehicle. 
Bojack reportedly surrendered the jamming device after his truck was stopped at the airport in August 2012. Now, in its notice of apparent liability, the FCC described Bojack's alleged conduct as particularly troubling because it interrupted the calibration of a critical air navigation system. At the time of the incident, the system was undergoing testing and was not put into full service until September of last year. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bruce Tennant, K6PZW in Los Angeles. If you own a China-built handheld and have questions that the manual does not answer, there's now a new source of information. Calling itself the Radio Documentation Project, this website plans to provide high-quality and in-depth open-source documentation user manuals for mainland China-built handheld two-way radios. Its first completed work is a PDF file containing a well-documented manual for the popular Baofeng UV-5R dual-bander. The instructions are clear and distinct. Best of all, it's available as a free download at tinyurl.com slash new-uv5r-booklet. Top DX and Marty Lane, OH2BH, was a speaker at the Friedrichshaven Ham Radio Exhibition in June. His keynote lecture, Changing Times in DX Hunt, is now available, both slides and audio, at www.dokufunk.org forward slash l-a-i-n-e www.dokufunk.org forward lane. A very interesting talk given at this year's Dayton Hamvention about how an episode of the hit ABC situation comedy Last Man Standing that featured ham radio came about is now available on YouTube. The presentation features the show's producer, John Amadeo, NN6JA, who not only explained how ham radio gets featured on a TV show, but also some background into the world of television production itself. Network television is driven by advertising dollars. So it's probably not surprising to hear that it's all about ratings and demographics. Last Man Standing gets about 6 to 7 million viewers each week, and that makes us a successful show. But by comparison, CBS's Big Bang Theory gets about 15 million viewers each week, which makes it a hit show. But as important as the total number of people watching, the networks pay particular attention to the age of the viewers. The thinking behind this is that older viewers translate into older shoppers, who are set in their ways and hard to sell new products to. Young people are considered to be better shoppers with more spendable income. There are now about 750,000 licensed amateur radio operators in the United States. But because only a small percentage of hams might potentially watch our show, it's hard to get the writers to focus on radio as a topic. As a TV comedy, we have to be funny to our general audience. We can't address any one group of people. John Amadeo's presentation is titled Bringing Amateur Radio to Primetime Network Television. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline and the RSGB. The MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www.rsgb.org. I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Dateline 2013. A Lara contest this weekend, August 24 and 25. Then the flagpole contest, September 21. The first MWRS flagpole contest will take place on the 21st of September. Because this date is close to International Talk Like a Pirate Day on the 19th, 
Extra points may also be awarded if your station photo includes a Jolly Roger or other humorous flag of your choice. Any mode and frequency is permitted. Extra points will be awarded for contacts with flagpole stations. Even more extra points will be awarded for submitting by email, SSTV or any other means a photo of your station showing your station's flagpole. There will be calling frequencies on 40 and 80 metres as well as the club 2 metre repeater for those of you in Sydney with only VHF access. The next WIA contest national news has been given info on doesn't happen until next year. It's the 2014 Harry Angel Memorial Sprint May 3. Special event stations DX and Beacon and NetAdvice and EG7COD will be in Grand Canaria, which is AF004, until the 31st of August. He will be active on all bands from 6 to 30 metres using the call sign EA8-G7COD. DETA, DF2ST will be active holiday style as OZ-DF2ST from the island of Fano, EU125, until the 30th of August. He will operate ready on 30, 17 and 12 metres only, possibly with some SSB. QSL virus home call sign, DF2SD, direct or via the Bureau, Logbook of the World and EQSL. Special Prefix OO, celebrating His Royal Highness Prince Philippe becoming the new King of Belgium and the 20-year reign of His Royal Highness King Albert II. All radio amateurs with a Belgian licence are allowed to use the prefix OO instead of ON from July the 21st until and including September the 20th. Belgian vanity call signs with only one letter in the suffix may not change their prefix. However, some vanity call signs already have an OO prefix. SQ9KWW is active portable HL3 from South Korea through September the 2nd. He plans to operate on the various high-frequency bands during his stay. QSL virus home call, SQ9KWW, direct or electronically using EQSL. W7JVN will be working at a church mission in Ghana for the next 16 months. He has been issued with the call sign 9G5AC and will operate 100 watts to a dipole on 20 and 15 metres SSB. QSL as directed by the operator. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Northern Rivers, it can be heard on VK2RSC, 146.8 MHz at 9am Sundays. I'm Frank, VK2FRNK. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ATV. The World ATV QSO Party Soon. Australia, the US and the world via the British Amateur Television Club website will take part in this annual event, which will have more ATVs involved by direct transmission or through Skype technology. All transmissions will end up on the digitised repeater VK3RTV in the Melbourne-Geelong area with Peter Cousins, VK3BFG, the anchor and net control. For Melbourne-Geelong stations, Peter VK3BFG will liaise on the voice repeater VK3RML. Remote or other stations are to request to join in via the Skype account ATVQSO Party, all one word. Using Australian Eastern Standard Time, it will be held on Friday evening, August the 30th, plus Saturday morning and afternoon, August the 31st. On Friday are confirmed stations in VK2, VK3, VK4, and the Brisbane Digital Repeater VK4RKC, anchored by Danny VK4KI, and other stations in VK5. 
On Saturday, a link into the W6ATN network of ATV repeaters in Southern California occurs. This involves quite a few stations, which should be very interesting. The Australian anchor is again Peter VK3BFG with Don Hill KE6BXT in Mission Vieja as the Southern California anchor. VK3RTV and W6ATN will be streaming to the British website so both can be viewed simultaneously. Hopefully, the Eastern and Mountain District Radio Club, with its new digital facility, will be on air as well. Ken Konecki, W6HHC, from Orange County, California, will give an update on the DATV Express project, jointly run by radio amateurs in the United Kingdom and USA, to develop a cheap DVBS ATV transmitter. One of the very few digital ATV repeaters in the USA, wr 8 ATV in Columbus, Ohio, is likely to join in this year. An exciting development indeed. And this is the third annual World Digital ATV QSO Party, which was originally a part of the centenary celebrations for Amateur Radio Victoria and has now become an annual event. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. 80-metre ham radio band used for wideband video and data. Trials in the UK have used 3.613 MHz, for 24 kHz bandwidth high-speed data and video transmissions. By using modern modulation techniques, an SSB channel can support a raw data rate of 12,800 bps, and wider transmissions can support proportionally faster data rates. Trials have shown that colour video at 15 frames per second can be streamed on HF in a bandwidth of just 18 kHz. That's the type of bandwidth that may be accommodated in the Amateur Radio 29 Meg Band. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. NASA is now accepting proposals for the CubeSat launch initiative. Developers whose proposals are selected may have the opportunity to see their creations launched as an auxiliary payload on a mission between 2014 and 2017. From the first four rounds of the NASA CubeSat launch initiative, 89 payloads from 25 US states made the shortlist for launch opportunities in 2011 through 16. Of the selected CubeSats, 12 satellites have already launched. 21 CubeSats are scheduled for launch later this year. To worldwide special interest groups, the internet, the HAMS domain. Broadband internet access on aircraft, ships and trains. In the UK, Ofcom, their version of our ACMA, has just published a consultation on authorising new mobile broadband systems onboard moving vehicles such as aircraft, ships and trains. The new system called Earth Stations on Mobile Platforms uses satellites to send information in the frequency band 27.5 to 30 gigahertz and receive information in the 17.3 to 20.2 gigahertz band. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW, in the Alice Springs Lighthouse was popular this year. Each year, amateur radio operators activate lighthouses all over the world, including a temporary structure in the centre of Australia at Alice Springs that contacted at least 70 other marine navigation beacons. When the date of the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend happened to coincide with a famous dry river boat race, the Henley-on-Todd Regatta, the Alice Springs Amateur Radio Club came up with the idea. They built their own lighthouse and set up an amateur radio station to talk to others from the banks of the Todd River. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend aims to promote the need for preserving the world's lighthouses and has been running for 16 years. 
Organiser Greg Mayer, VK8GM, told the ABC that his group had contacted other lighthouses in the Canary Islands, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the Pacific and right around Australia. Considering that Alice Springs is thousands of kilometres from the coast, some interesting responses were received from across the world. Like the similar promotion given to visitors, Greg VK8GM talked very positively about amateur radio as a recreational pursuit enjoyed by people from all walks of life. That's been me, Brian, VK3GR. Let's wrap this news up with a quick look at the social scene, September, October. September 8 in VK3, the Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest at 10am. September 14 in VK4, Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio's Sunfest at 9am. Also in VK4 in October, October 3-7 to 7 is the North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention at Charters Towers. And October 5, it's the Red Fest by Redcliffe and Districts Radio Club at St Michael's College, Caboolture, 9am. And finally in VK3, October 20, Ballarat Amateur Radio Group's Hamvention. Again, we certainly do thank Brian. We also thank Robert and we thank Alan for putting the news together while I was on holiday. Remember, the purpose of WIA News is to rapidly provide news of interest to active amateurs residing in Australia and across the globe. We strongly encourage membership in the Wireless Institute of Australia and participation in the activities of local clubs. Now, most importantly, opinions expressed in WIA News are those of the writers who submit material and do not necessarily reflect those of the rebroadcasters nor the national WIA, but are broadcast in the spirit in which they were submitted – As we've always said, we don't broadcast items over and over. To keep it fresh, we expect a different slant on different activities. So for those of you that think that maybe one or two items in the last six months have really been pushed, have another listen because you'll find that they are all different slants on it. Okay, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Keep that news coming in. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.